Live from the bridge at the Launchpad Studios in Huntington, New York, it's Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Cardboard Memories, Clearview, Long Island, the law firm of Decalator, Cohen, and DePrisco, the Phoenix Tube Company, Pims Incorporated, fueling brand performance for 30 years, Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, and Soho Table Hockey. Here are your hosts, Mark and AJ. Joining us now is the pride of Robbinsdale Cooper High School in New Hope, Minnesota. He was drafted by his hometown Minnesota North Stars in the 11th round, 180th overall in the 1986 NHL draft. After being drafted, he played for the University of Minnesota for four years, where he served as captain during the 1989-90 season. After college, he was signed by the Philadelphia Flyers and played their minor league affiliate, Hershey Bears, of the AHL for four years. Prior to the 1994 season, he signed with the Ottawa Senators, making his NHL debut with the Senators that season, playing in 15 games. He would go on to play close to 400 games in the NHL over eight seasons. He is now a proud hockey dad, as well as USA Hockey Level 5 master coach and the inventor of the Sweet Hand Stick Handling Trainer. It is a pleasure to welcome number two in your program, Lance Pitlick, to Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Lance. How you doing? Hi, Mark. Thank you. Uh, really uh, happy to be here. Speak with you. Yeah, it's interesting, enough, that you're actually the second defenseman to come out of Robbinsdale as Jim Johnson made it to the NHL in 1985. In your junior year, you sh- shared the captaincy with, with senior Steve Myers for Coach Ken Staples. What are some of the things uh, Coach Staples, as well as Gary Stefano and Steve Schoen, did to make you, as your high school yearbook pointed out, one of the most solid defensemen in the league? You know what they they created a a culture an environment uh, for learning and growth. Um, you know I think uh, so many coaches can can walk the the edge of you know putting a kid in a tough spot. I mean adolescence is is such an emotional time. Um, so for me there there was this patience and uh, you you had. Uh, you, know, you had rules where you know this is how you play in this zone, uh, but when you get into this zone, I want you to do whatever you feel uh, and react. So, you know, they, I guess the <laughs> that was one thing. And then the best advice that I ever got was from uh, Ken Staples before I I left high school and went to play college. He said, Lance, there's going to be people that are going to ask you for your autograph and a lot of them are going to be little ones, uh, little guys and girls, uh, make sure it's legible. You know, there's too many players that <laughs> write the chicken scratch and a number and you, you don't know. He's, and he said, you know, they, they should be able to read it 10 years from after you sign it. So, um, I just remember, uh, them just giving all of us players the, the ability to just experiment and play and, and it was all about the team and what we were trying to achieve. You know, others must have felt the same way as what was written in your high school yearbook as you're drafted out of high school by your hometown team, the Minnesota North Stars. Obviously, the draft's not like it is today back then. How did you find out you were drafted and what's your initial reaction? <laughs> I was actually at a high school graduation party. I had a beer in my hand. <laughs> and one of my uh, friends came up and, like, they must have heard it on the radio or something, um, but told me that I got drafted. And this is like four or five hours after it actually happened. So uh, it it's a feather in a cap for for a player. 
to get recognized like that, but uh, it wasn't celebrated at all. I mean, at that point, I, I still really didn't have uh, the, the inkling that I could ever play professional hockey, let alone the NHL, so it was still a pipe dream. You know, it's almost impossible to believe that you get drafted out of high school by the North Stars, but the University of Minnesota was the only school that invited you out for a recruiting trip. What do you remember about that first trip out there? Oh, it when you don't, again, pro hockey was a pipe dream, and college hockey, I, I, that was something else. That I just thought that that was for different other people, uh, not me. So it was... I remember that uh, my I was walking through the hall of high school one day, and my my coach Ken Staples pulled me aside and he said, "Just got a call from the University of Minnesota, and they want to meet with us this week." Um, and I met with them, and it was a great conversation because the guy's name is Bill Butters. He's a former professional hockey player. Uh, was in charge of recruiting the defensemen, and he he just started telling me thing after thing that he loved about my game. <laughs> and at the end, he says, we want you to be a Minnesota Gopher. So uh, there really wasn't any time to make, you know, think about the decision. I didn't have any other option, uh, offers or options. Uh, I was like, okay, that sounds great to me. And I uh, went there on a half a scholarship. And what's cool about uh, <clears throat> that story is that there's one other player. His name was Pete Hankinson. Uh, uh, very, very sports uh, centered family, great athletes in the family. I think the dad played for the Vikings and, uh, he, both of us were kind of the last two recruits out of that recruiting class. Both of us were on half scholarships. Everyone else was on a full scholarship. And by our senior year, we both found ourselves being captain of the team. So, uh, that was a special moment for both of us. Just kind of the, the scrappy gritty kids that, you know, had something good happen for him. And when you say something good happened for you, obviously you go on to play in the Frozen Four three of the four years that you're there. You lose in the finals in overtime to Harvard in the St. Cloud Paul uh, Civic Center, no less. What do you remember most about that game, as well as your time as a gopher? And what are some of the hockey and life lessons you learned from United States Hall of Famer head coach, the late Doug Woog? Uh, you know, the, we had such a, a great coaching staff there. Uh, and again, I was lucky. Uh, I hope all players have the experiences, uh, that I had there where again, they, they just provided, uh, a culture and an environment to, to grow into the player that you're going to become. Um, I remember when I first went in there, I was just happy to be there and I didn't play my first, I don't know, the first five or six weekends, uh, my freshman year. And after the first couple weekends, you know, I was like, okay, I'm just happy to be here. But then I wanted in. And when I got that opportunity, um, I, I, I did okay. Uh, I, I got to play the, the next day and ended up playing, you know, if I wasn't hurt, I was in the lineup. But, you know, we, we just had such a strong, connected team. Uh, Minnesota, at that time, basically only recruited Minnesotans. I think in the four years that I was there, I played with two players that weren't from Minnesota, and that was John Blue. He was a goalie, and Steve McSwain. Blue was from California, and uh, Steve McSwain was from Alaska. So, uh, you know, we all grew up 
kind of with the same childhood playing on the outdoor rinks and uh just being rink rats so uh it was easy you know we all we all uh just kind of were pulling on the same rope and uh i remember that that year that we lost uh to harvard and thank you for bringing up that memory i haven't thought about that in a while <laughs> uh, but that you know it was in our hometown and and i apologize for my voice i'm just getting over a, a head cold um but i remember in that game you know we're we're in our home barn and uh it was a great hockey game um and it came came down to to one play that uh you know determined the game and it's unfortunate i just watched uh the high school girls high school championship uh game last night and uh man is that game grown but it was this the fantastic hockey game i didn't want it to end and you don't want you know it's unfortunate that someone has to lose but that's the nature of the game and uh that's what kind of develops us players you know you you look at uh edmonton back in the wayne gretzky uh days you know they they took some lumps before they went on that run and winning all those cups and i think every player attributes you know that those experiences as tough as they are uh to go through that that that's what strengthens you and uh gets you over that next hump to to maybe be a championship team unfortunately in 89 uh it was harvard's turn your, your two sons rem and Rhett, both played at the university of minnesota what's it like to go back as a parent watching your two sons play for the same exact team that you played for oh it's 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 pretty special um uh for so many of these players there's a distance between the families they're going to um you know private schools or uh, what do they call them out out east uh uh god oh whatever school um schools prep schools yes yes thank you mike that a boy uh prep schools you know my son one of them rem went to shattuck st mary's for a few years uh, my youngest went to uh, a hockey academy um, from like sixth grade to eighth grade. Um, so there's there's different paths, and you know, to get to to certain points. So there there was a lot of them living away from home. So when we got them close to home, you know that those were good good uh, months out of the year. You know we had. Uh, Rem here, both of them here, one playing for the Gophers and Rem playing for the Wild for a little bit this year. And that was awesome. <laughs> you know, we didn't have to travel much and we could see him. But, uh, you know, it can flip on you, you know, in a second. And, uh, you know, that's that's kind of the resiliency uh, you, you develop over the, the course of a career. And that's only going through some uh, great times and also some times of struggle. Yeah, so we mentioned in the open that you made your NHL debut with the Senators. And believe it or not, it happened exactly 27 years ago today. Uh, Boston, no way. Yep, Boston Bruins, Ottawa Senators, February 27th, 1995. So what do you remember about that day? And how did you find out you're being called up? And, and can you kind of describe that feeling walking into an NHL locker room for the first time, seeing your jersey there? Granted, you, you played some exhibition, whatever. But now you know that, all right, I've made it. I'm playing in my first game tonight. Well, I don't know if, you know, when you're going into your first game, you think that you made it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it was just, uh, 
you know, for me, it was, uh, was Ottawa's farm team was in Prince Edward Island, Canada, and not many people know where it is, but, you know, go to New York and up north and out into the ocean. That's where PEI is. Uh, and there was only one way or two ways to get it on or off the island. That was taking a ferry or taking a plane. So it was a Sunday and in PEI, nothing gets going early in sun on Sundays. So my wife and I, I just finished a, a weekend couple games and uh she's making breakfast in the kitchen and it, the lockout had just ended that year um so the nhl was back up and running and she pokes her head out and she says maybe you should start fighting more and then you'd get called up <laughs> and i just kind of chuckled and like uh nope if i can't make it playing how i play then it's not going to happen and i kid you not two hours later get a call from uh the head coach down there and he says you're you're getting called up uh get to the rink as quick as you can your flight leaves in two hours so uh it was scramble mode and went to the rink got my stuff went to the airport and all of a sudden there was a moment where my wife and i were there and she's like well what should i do and I'm like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so i i just said i guess let me get up there and um see what happens get the lay of the land and maybe you can come out in a couple days so I flew there, um, got to the hotel, uh, ordered some room service, called her up, and usually she's pretty chatty, uh, but she wasn't. She's was like, well, have a great night, and bye-bye. So I would find out uh, the next day what happened is that, uh, you know, I, I, I try to get to the rink three hours before the game, so uh, she knows my schedule, so it's getting close to 4 o'clock, I'm getting ready to head out, and all of a sudden I have a knock on the door, and I open it up, and it's my wife. And I go, what the heck are you doing here? And she says, it's my first game, too, and I'm not going to miss it. So, oh, that's so <laughs> she, cool. uh, yeah, she, she wasn't chatty because she had to catch the last ferry off the island. Uh, didn't want me to worry. And she drove through the nights, through snowstorms and uh, to get there. And she crawled in the bed for a, a quick nap. And I went to the, the game and we met up after. And I don't remember much about uh, the game. I do remember it was Boston. I think I did try to uh, exit the zone with a with a chip off the glass. I turned it over, and I think they scored, and we lost. <laughs> but uh, my coach came up to me after, and he says, uh, "Would you make a, Would you make a different play?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I would have got it out and say, <laughs> okay, do, do that tomorrow." And you know, so. Uh, that was my first game. Uh, it was a special one and I always am grateful that I, that I had that opportunity because, uh, when I did turn pro, my number one objective was just to play one NHL game and to get a hockey card. And both of those things happened. And you also got a, a goal, your first NHL goal. I was actually in the building that night, Ottawa centers at the New York Rangers, December 26, 1995 against a pretty good goaltender. What do you remember about your first NHL goal? Wow. That's you were actually there. Mark? Yeah, yes, I was. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, I, I, I remember, um, that that being a pretty special moment. I mean, uh, you know, you think of the New York Rangers, you think of Montreal. I mean, these are just historic places uh, uh, for hockey. And to be able to pop my first goal uh, there was pretty cool. Uh, I believe it was a shot from the point. It ricocheted off at least five or six people on the way there. And uh I think <laughs> of their players and somehow I got credited for it, but um, you know, points 
points were never a big thing on my uh, to-do list. I didn't care. You know, I didn't go into games thinking I was going to score or hoping I was going to score. It was more of just uh, how am I going to disrupt some of these other players uh, that want to score goals and get them off of their game. So uh, it was a nice recognition again. Uh, I I can count almost all the goals that I scored on uh, all my hands and my fingers and toes. There wasn't many of them, but uh, there, were, there were some special ones, and that definitely was one. So I have to imagine the first year Ottawa made the playoffs with that huge run at the end of the season has to be one of those great hockey memories. Looking back at your career, what's your favorite NHL memory? You know, my favorite memory was probably the the night my my son was born, Rem. My first, you know, you go through your first uh, birth of your, your child. So we were in Buffalo, and I get a call, or I get a knock on the door, like at five in the morning, four in the morning. It's my trainer, and he says, you know, your wife's in labor, and you got to go. And I couldn't get a flight out of Buffalo to Ottawa, so I ended up having to take a taxi from Buffalo to Toronto and then catch the first flight uh, back to Ottawa. So, you know, I scrambling i get there and as i'm taking a cab to the hospital you know i'm just thinking from what i see in tv that you know there's going to be doctors rushing you in getting you all gowned up and i just get into the delivery room uh right in time for the baby to arrive but that didn't happen you know i got there my wife she's eating jello and watching a show and it's this a delay so i don't know five or Six hours after, uh, I went down to get something to eat, and I came back, and I passed the waiting room, and the game was on, Ottawa and Buffalo. <laughs> so I kind of slid in there and but, trying to be quiet and see if no one would notice. And we were on <clears> – <throat> that was that, like you said, that the first year that we uh, made the, the playoffs, and we went on a really crazy run at the end of the season where we just were beating everyone. and. Uh, it was realistic that we could maybe get into the playoffs this year. So I was, I was interested. I was rooting for my teammates so that I don't know, I'm watching 10 or 15 minutes and a nurse came in and she said, Lance, it's time. And I actually looked at her and I said, there's like three minutes left. I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> and uh, she went over to the TV and she turned it off and she said, Lance, it's time. And that's what came real. So I uh, went and went there and the baby was delivered. Rem was there and hung out with them uh, late into the, the wee hours in the morning. And I went home. We, we played uh, Washington the next day. And uh, so I didn't, I didn't know if I'd be playing or not. So I went home, got some sleep and went to the rink and our coach Jacques Martin uh, brought me into his office and congratulated me. And he goes, you know, you're playing tonight. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you're playing. All right. So I, you know, got energized. But when I went home after pregame nap, I, I collapsed and had a great nap and ended up that night. Uh, we played Washington and somehow I scored a goal and got an assist and became the first star of the game. So it was, that was a, a special night because, you know, Somehow, some way, coach had some intuition, but uh, my teammates and everyone rallied around me. And, uh, you know, I was the star that night for some reason. It was pretty cool. 
So this past week, Sedano Chara played in the most games of any NHL defenseman in the game's history. You played against him. Your son played against him. Having played that position, how big of an accomplishment is it to have played 1,653 games in the NHL? I, I don't think the guy's human. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't know how you do it. I mean, it, it, it is such an accomplishment and... Uh, you know, the, I just, I started a podcast, um, early January, it's called the hockey journey podcast. And the first four episodes that, uh, are on there are my hockey journey as a, as a player. And after you retire and you have kids and, you know, I got into coaching coach for 17 years, you know, you forget, you don't, I'm not saying you forget, but you, you just don't think about those times when you were a player after a while. So, uh, I went and revisited that, that time and try to recount my, my whole hockey career. And it took me three months to, to write the script, um, to go back and to remember all those things. And what was interesting is that, you know, I've only played <laughs> 393 games, not anywhere close to what he has, but there are very few memories that, have to do with anything playing the game like a shift or anything like that uh the most memories that i had were you know being on the plane being on the bus being in the locker room with with the boys uh it it's the people that intersect in your life where, wherever you're playing uh so you know i i know that uh he's he, he <laughs> he's got a lot more memories that I have to sift through than i did <laughs> You know, it, it was a great exercise, and I, I hope someday that, uh, you know, he can go back and do the same thing, but know that whatever any of the NHL players have done is pretty significant, but uh, for what he has achieved, it's just, it's amazing because of the, you know, the, the physicality that he has to play every game, and to be able to stay healthy enough to, to accomplish that is absolutely amazing. You know, it's interesting because I had the chance to speak to Rem last Sunday after his amazing shootout goal against the Islanders. And I asked him, you know, what it's like to play for Marty St. Louis. And he had mentioned that he had listened to a lot of, you know, Marty's podcasts. And you also mentioned your podcast. And what Rem also said was that, um, you know, what he likes about Marty is the fact that Marty kind of preaches to believe in your instincts. And, and, you know, then I asked Marty about it. And Marty said that, all the players that are in the NHL got there because they saw the game better than everyone at the other levels. And he hates to take that away from them. So I'm just wondering, you know, you mentioned your podcast, you know, Rem mentioned listening to podcasts, you know, if back in the day you were able to listen to, to podcasts and get knowledge from so many other players, you know, do you think your, your career would have been different? What do you think you might've taken from that? Uh, you know what? I, I think it would have been easier. I mean, today it's, it, it's never been easier to access information. Um, and podcasts are, are something that a lot of people resonate with, you know, when you're driving in your car. Uh, and, you know, if you're chasing something to be able to tap into someone else's journey uh because once someone makes it uh they're 
they're willing to share everything. You know, I'm, I'm here and I'm going to try to help people now. Uh, so I think that that's, that's a, that's a huge part. I, I, I do wish, I mean, I read a lot in college and uh, my, you know, pro pro professional career, but, uh, now that's kind of the, the thing. And, you know, that's what I'm doing right now with, with my podcast is to, uh, share other people's journey that hopefully, uh, kids, both boys and girls that, you know, are aspiring to achieve something similar. Uh, can they get, a some information on maybe, uh, how to improve their process on, uh, being, you know, a, a professional, uh, because that's how you got to look at it. I mean, if you're chasing something significant, I mean, there, there's a definite process and you have to act as a professional. Uh, but it's, it's just, it's fun because uh, people are so giving and, you know, for me hearing all these people's stories, uh, what's consistent that is that it's never easy. No, not one person has ever had, you know, jump on the surfboard and just ride the wave. It's, uh, you know, you're falling off, you're getting back on. And, uh, and once you realize that, I mean, it's never easy going through tough times, but, uh, you can always see the light at the, the other end of the tunnel um, eventually. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm able to hear these stories. And I, I, I didn't sound like I have an abundance of time, Mark, because I don't. <laughs> so when I was starting talking about starting this podcast, I wasn't excited about it because it's just more work to my plate. But now that I've gotten into it, it's, I look forward to it. They're, they're a source of, uh, inspiration and adrenaline for me uh to hear all these other people's stories and you know it's i think when a player you know you, you look at chara like you said or any any player that's gotten to that level and has become an everyday player um you know they're they're grateful that they're there but it's a uh, it's something that is is not stable you know it can flip on you in a second so that resiliency that you, you develop over the years uh, as a youth, college, junior player, whatever, early pro, it's uh, it's just so important and vital. And the other thing is just uh, your teammates. You know, everyone's going through something and you just rely on each other to, to get through the season. You know, and in speaking to your son, just as, as brief as it was, you could tell that he's just got a world of confidence and, and just a really, really good kid. And I'm sure a lot of that comes from, from you. But because we mentioned in the open that you're USA Hockey Level 5 Master Coach, the inventor of the Sweet Hands Stick Handling Trainer. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and, and what your day looks like every day now? So I, I run a pretty extreme schedule, and thank you for the kind words. Um, you know, when I, when I got in, into the hockey business, like when I retired, I didn't know what the heck I was going to do with the rest of my life. Uh, I remodeled some cabins for a couple of years. And then when Rem showed an early passion for hockey, um, the one thing that happens if you, uh, have a kid that plays hockey and the dad is a former NHL player, you have to coach. And I didn't know anything about coaching four and five year olds. So, uh, I, I got scared and I, I went to work. I just started learning and both my, 
my my wife's brothers uh they all had a, a late growth spurt like they didn't get into their adult body until their senior year their uh, first year of college so i knew i was going to have kids that were undersized um and i got scared because i i was a predator out there uh not a national predator but i was a, <laughs> i was a predator i mean i didn't like i said i didn't care about scoring goals i was looking uh for people that weren't aware of uh me when i was on the ice with them where they had their head down too long or they bobbled the puck and we usually had a meet and greet then and it was violent uh and i was scared for my kids so uh as i got deeper down the rabbit hole of uh learning you know the coaching part of hockey uh i i was thinking uh, you know all the the situations or events where i had a, a big hit on someone and i was focusing on that guy like what why how did he expose himself you know what was going on and then something switched for me i'm like why am i focusing on those guys you know they had their head down too long let's focus on the guys that i couldn't hit uh and that's that's where it's shifted for me because every guy that i couldn't hit they they were masters with the puck uh, their their eyes were up and you know so that's that's where it all started you know with the stick and stuff so i i, I developed a, a products company called sniper's edge hockey the sweet hand stick handling trainer was my first uh invention i guess uh i've sold that company since then but what i've uh, what i've developed uh in the same time over the last 12 years is the world's largest database of off-ice stick handling and shooting drills and passing drills uh that that company is called onlinehockeytraining.com uh so i got pre-made practice plans that you know players can do right at home and uh and that was kind of the the focus with my kids um it was a scare tactic for me, you know, to get them doing things, but we just created environments, uh, for the kids to get extra reps. We bought a house right next to a pond. Uh, so I, I had a rink manager uniform <laughs> flooding that thing all winter. Uh, there's a space in our house where they can shoot pucks. There's a space at our cabin, uh, for them to on rainy days go in there and mess around. And then, uh, you know, there's an army of people, that have to be put into place uh, throughout the years with technical skating instructors, strength and conditioning coaches, uh, vision training, nutrition. You know, it's it's uh, it's it is an army. So it's it's there's not. I didn't wake up saying I'm going to try to help my kids or I'm, my kids are going to play in the NHL or going to play Division One. Uh, it was about them having a passion and mom and dad just trying to, to feed that passion and to see what happens. And uh, they've invested a lot of time, both of my boys, and, um, you know, they're, they've they've gotten rewarded uh, with, with uh, the levels that they've been able to play at so far. Awesome, Lance. Thanks so much for your time today. Where's the best place for people to catch up with you on social media? Uh, online hockey training. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, um, and that's my website, onlinehockeytraining.com. I do private lessons as well uh, here at my house. But thank you for having me on the show, guys. It was a great conversation. 
It, so it was a pleasure for me because, you know, when I walked into the, the scrum and I, I realized, oh, man, I'm old because I remember when his dad played in the league and here <laughs> I am with his son. But uh, uh, really look forward to watching your son play a lot more. The move he made in that shootout was just spectacular. And I always love watching you play. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a pleasure that the Pitlick family continues to play and, and thrive in the NHL. So thanks so much. All right. You guys have a great day and I appreciate you having me on the show. You got it. Lance Pitlick, former NHL defenseman.